Boy, am I excited about the absolutely fascinating guest that we have for you this hour. A man that uh, has greatly influenced my life. I got to interview him once years ago, and it's wonderful to be able to do so again. I would say uh, at least something like 22, 23 years ago, I learned about radionics, psionics, and psychotronics through the books of this gentleman, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he is known by some as the diabolical Uncle Chucky. Others know him as Charles Cosimano, and you can go to his website, charlescosimano.com, and that last name is spelled C-O-S-I-M-A-N-O, charlescosimano.com, to learn more about him and also find some amazing free resources on his work because radionics and psychotronics and all that kind of stuff is the technology which has ended up in the Wishing Machine Project, and similar devices that are now taking on a whole new era of popularity. So, Charles Casamano, welcome, sir, back to Speaking of Strange. Hello. You know, it is so exciting to have you with me tonight. And by the way, Charles, you know, I am here in Puerto Rico, and Sam is at the flagship station in Asheville, North Carolina. Where are you tonight, Charles? I'm in Waukesha, Wisconsin, being extremely jealous of both of you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are much farther north than either of us, so you need to crank yes. up one of those wishing machines to bring that warmth up higher tonight, huh? I uh, might. I might. It might be fun just to totally screw up the weather in the whole country in the process. <laughs> you might be one of those guys who is responsible for the weird weather patterns that we've been seeing lately. And, uh, you know, there's oh, so I much wish I were. I, yeah. <laughs> so much Unfortunately, that I want to I'm not. <laughs> yeah, well, that is a shame. Uh, well, okay, let's, let's do this, Charles. Let's just start. For people who are not familiar with you and your work, tell us the Charles Casamano story. Tell us where you were born and the life path that led you to first discover radionics. Oh, good heavens. How do I fit 65 years into a few minutes? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I was born at a very early age. <laughs> in uh, Chicago, Illinois, in a hospital that no longer stands. Uh, I think when they found out that I was born there, they tore it down. Uh, can't have him again. Um, and I went through school like normal people, and I went through college like normal people, and I went through grad school like very abnormal people because then I was very abnormal. Um, and in the process, I got involved in all sorts of strange psychic stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I actually first heard about radionics when I was 16 years old, 16 or 17 in a little book I got. And it just seemed like this seems an awful lot of trouble to build one of these things because in those days, radionic devices tended to be very, very complicated. And so I sort of forgot about it. I heard about it off and on for the next 10 years and, Ultimately, I encountered a magazine article which had a much simpler version of the machine and a diagram that I could actually make sense of. So having nothing better to do with my time, I built one. And my life was never the same thereafter. Um, I started experimenting with it and found it could do interesting things like 
with weather. <laughs> I must confess I haven't done too much with weather in it. Um, but various things over the years, and experimented with more and more things, came up with more and more instruments, and then I started writing about it. My first book was published by Llewellyn in January of 1987. Second one they published in 1989. Then they realized what they had, and that was the end of Llewellyn. <sighs> <laughs> I think I made poor Carl Whiskey's beard fall out. <laughs> then I went, I was involved with a group, something called um, International Guild of Sorcery, and they published my work for some time. Then ultimately everything went online. And that's when it really took off. Yeah, exactly. So now let me ask you this, Charles. For people, and I know that you get asked this question all the time. You've been asked this, I'm sure, for years. When people say to you, Charles, what is radionics? How do you answer that question? I say dipped if I know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a very Uh, honest answer, yes. (laughs) I give it the honest answer. No one knows what it is. But, no, the truth of the matter is, that it's essentially, it, it's a way of establishing a connection between the consciousness of the person doing the work and the result of the work. Uh, essentially what it does, it sort of solidifies it. Um, now I'm talking about, for example, the, the, the physical machines with the dials and everything. Um, the process is similar with... Um, computer-based radionics programs such as Cyber Shaman, et cetera. Um, but what it is, it's a way of, I hate to use the word concretize because I'm not sure, well, it's a word now, whether they like it or not. Um, that relationship, it locks it in. And so, and that, when... I, that I think is how it works. Now, they, they get really, now, when people get technical about it, like, say, Edgar Mitchell did a talk on, and a number of things where he got got into radionics, and they talk about standing, establishing a standing wave resonance, which is very nice. But I'm not a physicist; I have no idea what a standing wave resonance is. Uh, and they talk about quantum mechanics, and I have no idea how quantum mechanics works. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, that's what it is. It's establishing a relationship. Well, now, have, do you have any type of background in engineering or electronics, or, or, or I mean, what what have you done None all these years? None whatsoever. None whatsoever. I was trained as a historian. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is this I got into as a hobby. Mm-hmm. I got into this as a hobby. I claim no other background, uh, other than just basically I'm garage mechanic radionics. And, and you know what? That's actually very inspirational because a lot of people who are great radionics operators are at first intimidated because they say, oh, this just sounds like something that's way above my head technically. And and you're a guy who has written books on this. I mean, you are an authority on this, and even you are making it clear that anybody can potentially operate these devices and and when you start building one of these boxes, what are some of the basic guidelines? I mean, what are the components that you think every radionics machine needs to have? What it comes down to is the, per, is 
the only basic component is the operator. Mm-hmm. Um, now let's let's understand this. The machine is an extension of the operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest becomes style, what you're comfortable mm-hmm. with. Uh, when I build a rating act device, it tends to take, look like an electronic device, even though the energies we're using are not really electronic. But that's because I'm old-fashioned. Mm-hmm. I remember the days of my boyhood, my young childhood, when to get the little people to play inside the television, you had to turn a whole bunch of dials right, for this miracle to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I am, I am psychologically conditioned to have things happen from turning dials on a box. Right. Um, yeah. So for me, I work a lot, better, though I have used computer-based radionics, and I've used it very successfully, uh, I am more comfortable with the dial machine simply because that is how my brain is programmed. Uh, but the essence of, of the opera, you have the operator, you have an instrument of instrumentality of some kind. Mm-hmm. The nature of the instrumentality is less important than anything else. And but once that instrumentality is established. And you've got a gadget, and there's a physical hard gadget in front of you with dials and switches and lights and, you know, antenna and and people dancing around, or you have a, a you have something on your computer screen with things flashing and going back and forth and people dancing around. That's not important. Either will work. Yeah. So well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really, funny because yeah. I've often thought if you took one of these devices back 200 years ago, it might not work for people 200 years ago because they didn't have that connection to dials, right? That's true. They had other connections. We could. There's actually a gadget from the Middle Ages in the Middle East mm-hmm. that we would consider a radionic device. <laughs> it was okay. a magical yeah. instrument, pure magic. But it had dials in it, and when they set the dials, it would bring up these little pictures that were carved into the dials. And by setting these dials, they would get sort of a, 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 a redone horoscope. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't know that. So even thousands of years ago then, oh, from we, what there's you could actually tell. The ancient Greeks uh-huh. had a gadget very similar called the rhombus. And essentially it was, you know, by setting the, you could set the planets around this thing. Wow, okay. You were creating well, a I... relationship between the operator, the result of the operation, by means of an instrument. We would call it radionics. They called right. it magic. All right, we've got about one minute before our first break. So let me ask you this. Is there really any difference between radionics and psionics, those two terms? Uh, technically, no. Um, the term psionics is a little broader uh, than radio. When you think, of, I, at least the way I work with it, I think of radionics. Turn to speak, Chuck. Radionics specifically as relating to inst- the instruments themselves. Psionics gets a little more beyond the instruments, and it doesn't necessarily need the instruments. Okay, gotcha. All right, we'll take a break here, and when we come back, uh, folks, I'm going to ask Uncle Chucky about how far this power can go. What are some of the most profound effects that he has seen as a result of 
using radionics, and also we'll dig some into the repercussions of using these devices. Is there Are there things you should worry about? His name is Charles Cosimano, and you should definitely visit his website, charlescosimano.com. That last name is spelled C-O-S-I-M-A-N-O, charlescosimano.com, and take advantage of the free resources on his website. Uh, spiritually, mentally, scientifically, it's all just mind-blowing. I'm Joshua P. Warren, and we'll be right back. I'm talking this hour with my guest, Charles Cosimano, and uh, he is the legendary figure behind some of the best material that has ever been published on radionics and psionics. Uh, his books are the books that introduced me to the subject uh, well over 20 years ago and uh, has, has culminated in uh, so many projects and endeavors like the, the Wishing Machine Project. And uh, you can go to Charles' website, uh, charlescosimano.com. That's C-O-S-I-M-A-N-O, charlescosimano.com. There is a link for your convenience at speakingofstrange.com. And a lot of people have this image of, uh, of Charles as the diabolical Uncle Chucky, a supervillain sitting in his lair surrounded by <laughs> all kinds of bizarre contraptions and dials and helmets and wands, manipulating the world behind the scenes. And tell us, Chuck, just how far have you seen radionics go? What are some of the most powerful, surprising things that you have seen accomplished using this strange technology? Oh, that, that's a good question, because I, I'm not sure I want to talk about some of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were big. But uh, I think one of the more interesting ones was uh, aiming a tornado away from me. Wow. Yeah, I was uh, the tornado. Uh, this was, I was living in the Chicago area at the time, many years ago. And the sirens are going off, and it says, a tornado is bearing down right towards where I live. This is not a good thing. Yeah. So I just grabbed a helmet and said, effectively said, go, 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 go someplace else, go, go. <laughs> yeah. And the tornado just kind of dissipated, oh, wow. which is kind that of cool. I like that. Well, you know, that just shows you how that sometimes the effect from these machines can be immediate. And, and you know, when, when people, they purchase, say, one of the wishing machines that Dr. Mulder makes uh, through wishingmachineproject.com, they ask, like, how Which long is it? extremely good machines, I might add. I use them myself. Well, thank you very much for saying well, that. He's I agree. Actually, he's, he's making a machine on my design now that we're going yes. to be selling. Yes, he certainly is. It works with chakras and stuff. So. Well, and you've got some great videos out there where you talk about how to use these machines, and, and I've seen you present some that he makes, and, and, and it shows you he's one of those guys who has, has a knack for this and the initiative to, to make them. And when people get these machines, they often will say, well, how long is it going to take? For, for my wish to come true. And that's a question that's impossible to answer because that's there are so true. many I variables involved. I it all the time, too. Yeah. So how do, you how really do you don't know. That? Sometimes it'll happen right away, and sometimes it'll take eight years. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and it depends on, I guess, the mindset of the user, because after all, these are mind-powered devices first and foremost. Um, and, and then it depends on how effectively what they want is being represented, and then how many things in the universe are going to have to change and shift around before that it happens. usually the latter, the one that's really the, the kicker. What has to change? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's just a matter of maybe reversing things that took years to uh, sort of form into their current position. Um, so now one thing that I have found is when you start looking at these machines or if you start looking at ideas of sympathetic resonance or law of attraction, what you find is that whatever this principle is that's at work here, it seems to be sort of indifferent to morality. That is to Absolutely. say it's, it's kind of like it's there and you can use it for however you want uh, tell us about the, you know, the quote-unquote dark side of this. If somebody gets one of these machines and decides I'm going to kill somebody with it, are there repercussions for that in your opinion? No. Okay. See, that's amazing. That's for a good direct answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, look, that look it's very simple. Mind. The universe doesn't care. Mm-hmm. The universe doesn't care. If the sun decides to explode tomorrow, the just and the unjust are all going to fry alike. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're you're standing in the way of a tsunami. You damn well better be a good swimmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's as simple as that. Um, yeah, you know, we it, the problem is when you get into you know this this whole repercussion thing from something like radionics or any other psychic thing. You're, you're they're presupposing an anthropomor- anthropomorphized universe mm-hmm. that thinks like people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. And so, well, what about the idea that for every action there's an opposite but equal reaction, that when you send some energy because out that... this is not physics, okay? Okay. This is not a physical phenomenon. We're not talking about pushing something and, and, and pushing back in the process in outer space. We're talking about basically uh, a flow, a, a flow of energy. It doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. The only time there's a problem, and this is where we get in, where you do get a difficulty, and you got to understand this: if people think they're going to have a problem, you'll get a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. If they don't think in those terms, nothing's mm-hmm. going to happen. Okay. So basically, I mean, it really Stalin died down... peacefully in his sleep. Yeah. Uh huh. So it boils yeah. down just to whether or not the person believes there will be a repercussion. Oh, yeah. That really is it. It's like this whole Mercury retrograde thing now. Mm-hmm. Okay? Can anyone point out to me anything that happens in Mercury retrograde that doesn't happen to them any other time of the year? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's belief. It is the manifestation of belief. And so do you feel like that... Um that there are government agencies, for example, that are well aware of the power of this technology and have roomfuls of, you know, little psychotronic operators sitting there trying to sway things every day, uh, nine to five? They are my biggest fans. <laughs> really? I'm serious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are my biggest fans. Um, they read every word I write. <laughs> <laughs> and they study it assiduously, almost religiously. 
<laughs> well, I, well, I mean, what, tell us then realistically, I mean, what do you know about how far this has gone? How organized is this? I have no idea how far it's gone. I really mm-hmm. don't. Um, I know the interest is there. Um, I remember because when I was involved with uh, Cyber Shaman, the Cyber Shaman site, uh, Ernie Vega was getting all kinds of hits that had no, that they were so well concealed where they came from. It only only the government had that technology. Mm-hmm. There were also a whole bunch of hits from the from the Navy. Hmm. Yeah, uh, on my stuff, um, and I, I know that one time. Uh, Actually, it's kind of funny. I don't know directly what he heard or anything, but he was a, my I one brother-in-law who, who is an ex-Milwaukee police detective. My wife's family and I have never particularly gotten along. And he apparently did it when my wife and I, were, when we were first going together, he did, attempted to do a background check on me, and he's terrified of me. Hmm. Uh, I mean, he's very nice. We get along, but whenever sure. I see him, it's like you know, I'm not sure I want to be here. <laughs> right. You, you yeah. So I don't know what he heard. Him. All I know is that I get away with a lot of things that normal people don't get away with. Yeah, yeah. You've got to be in some kind of special database somewhere, and it makes me wonder, you know, just how much that they keep tabs on on radionics practitioners and uh, oh i'm sure we are all watched 24 hours a day by at least a dozen remote viewers um that's scary Scary why are they doing that (laughs) (laughs) okay we're going to take a break when we come back um folks i'm going to ask dr casamano dr psionic uncle chucky here um sort of his advice on some simple experiments that you might be able to do yourself at home with just household objects to get your foot in the door, to dip your toe in the water so that you can begin to understand how this stuff works in baby steps. His website is charlescasamano.com, and uh, he knows more about radionics and psionics than anybody, and he has introduced countless people around the world to this wondrous and mysterious technology. And yet it seems to me, Charles, that with this uh, may come a certain burden, meaning that you're out there, everybody knows who you are, you're, you're using your real name. Uh, I would imagine over the years you would have a lot of uh, desperate, sad people. I mean, you know, mothers with sick children showing up on your yeah. doorstep saying, I only have Please. one show up on my doorstep. <laughs> and yeah. that was a kind of unnerving experience. But, yes, um, yeah, you, you get a lot of really really hurting people yeah i mean how do you how do you feel uh your well, let me put it this way what is your position in terms of moral responsibility for being able to help people who are coming to you in these desperate situations how do you how do you deal with that kind of pressure i have a line i use and this is the line i always use mm-hmm. what can be done will be done mm-hmm if there's any way that I can do it, mm-hmm. if there's any way I can, if, if they're that desperate, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll so, can. can you can you give can you tell us about the person who showed up on your doorstep, or is that too? Oh, that too was a, that was a very bizarre set of circumstances. It was a 
a young man from somewhere. My God, I think he was in Virginia or so, West Virginia. I don't know where. Mm-hmm. But he, he literally was traveling across the country to visit people who were into this stuff. Yeah. And I, I um, and he had one of these things about he was being gang stalked, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I got rid of him. I sent him to an internet evangelist in Akron, Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> who specialized in that sort of thing. Who who was really rather just who was really I warned him that this fellow was probably on his way, and he was very dis- <laughs> he was rather annoyed with me that the fellow appeared on his doorstep when only his wife was home. And I said, well, I did warn you. <laughs> right. So now, okay, if somebody is listening to this show and they've heard us talk about the wishing machine, uh, they've heard this conversation tonight about radionics and psionics, and they they think there's something to it, but they don't want to to you know put out some money and buy some devices or whatever until they have some kind of personal evidence, what are some little tips that you can give the average person uh, to use some household items to sort of dip their toe in the water and see that there is some reality here? Well, there's a number of things that can be done. Mm -hmm. The simplest uses an ordinary flashlight. Okay. How do you use that flashlight? Okay, well, I will tell you. Actually, I've even got a video about it, but I will tell you. Mm-hmm. What you do is you simply you bring up the picture of the person you're trying to influence. Either you have a hard copy or it's on the computer. Nowadays, they're all on computers and everything. Not many people actually carry photographs, physical photographs around with them anymore. Um, you bring that up and you simply you decide what you're going to send. You point the flashlight at the person, the picture, turn it on, and think. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. And, and what you what think you, about will, will be transmitted to that person. It will be transmitted to that person. Mm-hmm. So say you want Aunt Luella to call you and you know about about your mother's missing spaghetti sauce recipe or something. Right. Well, you you bring up the picture of Aunt Luella. You point the flashlight at it and say, "Call me, Auntie. Call me." <laughs> and she will. Okay. And and so that's, so that's that one would, of the simplest uh, methods. Okay. All mm-hmm. right. Now, if you want to, if you, <coughs> excuse me, I've been talking too much. Um, but let's see. But another another very simple method. If you have it, have one laying around the house, old fashioned radio with dials on it. Mm-hmm. You know, not digital, just it's got the tuning dials. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you remove the power source. All right? Like batteries or if it's really old and it plugs in, you, you take it off the power source. Mm-hmm. And you've got a radionic box. <laughs> you have a radionic box. And what you do is you write down your intention. You just... Turn the dials until on the thing until they feel right. Let it run and see what happens. Okay, so or do you need to because put your intention there, or just think about what you want? All you do is you just you think about it when you're turning it, and then you forget it. Let it go. 
Because this is something people don't realize. Mm-hmm. The old radionic devices were essentially nothing more than modified radio devices. Mm-hmm. They replaced, so the input would be where the antenna was, and the speaker would be replaced by the detector pad or something, but they were essentially modified radios. And since we're dealing with something that is at very least operating on a quantum scale, um, we don't really need that radio to be transmitting Newtonian signals. No, it doesn't signals. have to do anything. You're, yeah. you're, what you're doing is you're establishing the relationship between yourself and the subject of the operation. Well, so now Dr. Mulder has this new unit called the Model E, which uh, uses a plug, and, it, and so yeah. there is an electrical field there, and it seems yeah, to make it, it work. Yes. Yeah, it works faster for people when they some use that people, in many cases. Some operations, and mm-hmm. some people, that really helps, mm-hmm. and we're you, not sure why. Yeah, we don't know why. Do you think it has to do with the fact that people just have more confidence subliminally in something that's actually producing an electrical field? I think that certainly is part of it. Mm-hmm. I think that certainly is part of it. I don't think that's the whole story. I think there's other things going on that we don't know about and we don't understand because we don't even know they're there. Right. I mean, that's uh, the thing about I always say, we're talking about variables that we don't even know exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, uh, well, okay. there are cases where it really helps. So now when we are talking about this technology, which at, at very least we can generally say seems to be conscious sensitive, how do you envision this uh, playing into the next level of technology? In 100 years, 200 years, I mean, you were talking about how people have been using radionic-type devices for thousands of years, but we now can can dig so specifically into how the brain works, do you think that radionics is going to morph into something that is actually going to be more accepted by the mainstream in the near future? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, It would be nice if it were. Uh, I remember when I was a boy in, say, 1960, 61, if somebody said they had a haunted house, everyone thought they were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now you say you have a haunted house. You've just increased the, 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 the sale price. Right. I, <laughs> yeah. And you've got people with TV cameras traipsing through. Mm-hmm. So things change. And it isn't, it, it's not inconceivable that we're, you know, I, I joke with Brad about I would love to see this being the next Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And every everyone in the country having one in their house. Yeah. I mean, I think that's enti- I think that's entirely possible. Um, I think one of the problems with radionics is that it hasn't been sold very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it still seems very complicated when it, which it isn't. Uh, a lot of the mar- devices that are out there are extremely good, but they are extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And justifiably so. I mean, these are beautiful instruments, and everything is hand-built. Right. I mean, there are no assembly lines building radionic devices. Mm-mm, no. Um, so so the, the, the price is, to a certain degree, justified. But that certainly is an intimidating factor. And also there is, I think, a natural resistance to 
to the idea that you can do miracles with things this simple. Sure. Yeah, a lot of people are charging thousands and thousands of dollars for a oh, yeah. box, whereas, you know, like the ones that Dr. Mulder sells, you can get one for less than $200, and it's a very yeah, well-made device. Yeah, like I say, and his stuff, I will match his material against the ones that are thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, I have, I have this little table here, and right, I, right next to them I've got the basic Mulder machine. Mm-hmm. And... A rather high-end Carl Welts machine. Okay, Carl mm-hmm. Welts makes beautiful instruments. They're expensive. They are worth every penny people pay for them. But as far as results go, I they are about even. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to wrap up this conversation with Uncle Chucky, and I will ask him. At this point in his life, what is the most important type of project for him? I'm Joshua P. Warren. Uh, I'm wrapping up my conversation with Uncle Chucky, Dr. Uh, Sionic, uh, Charles Cosimano. Uh, CharlesCosimano.com is his website. That's spelled C-O-S-I-M-A-N-O. And there's a link at speakingofstrange.com. Uh, let me ask you here in our final minutes, Charles, um, not only, you know, what kinds of, uh, of, of projects or, or uh, any types of events or anything else that, you know, y- you have that you want to promote to our audience, but secondly, I want to ask you, um, at this stage in your life, after having devoted so much time to this groundbreaking and sort of fringe technology, uh, what are some of the things that have not yet been done that you would like to see done? Is there some kind of grand experiment? Is there some kind of holy grail of research that, that you want to see come to fruition in, in your life? So uh, the, the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. As far as projects go, I don't do events. Um, I, I am uncomfortable around crowds. But I do. Uh, we, I am working with Dr. Mulder on creating a line of devices which are be, which will be my designs. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really good at designing, but my craftsmanship isn't all that great. <laughs> uh, and he is a fantastic craftsman. So we're yes. going to be putting. We're, in fact, we're start. We've got one right now on eBay, um, and I can't remember the name of the site, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, my chakra device. And there's going to be a new, another device coming out soon as well. And we're going to, so this is a new project. This is something actually brand new for me. I've never actually promoted devices before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as my grand scheme, something I have never really achieved. Uh, that's a toughie. I think it would be controlled macropsychokinesis. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> we've talked about we talked about this before. You know, but essentially, uh, not just making little things move, not just moving a voltmeter. We can mm-hmm. do that. That's easy. Focusing on a wall and blowing a hole in it. Wow. That, so, that so you, type you, of 
But you do want to be a supervillain now. You're ready to go I mean, straight we want to get into real super... Well, you know, the, <laughs> the, it's because that's the easiest way to describe it. You can do other things with it, naturally. Uh, I mean, you know, ultimately someday we might be able to move planets out of their orbit and things like that. But that's, you know, we're talking many, many centuries down the road and people went long after me. But, um, but you know, large-scale macro-psychokinesis controlled... Um, I would love to be able to build a version of the helmet that could do that. So now here's the problem, though. If everybody has one of these machines and everybody's wishing, aren't we just going to create an absolute world of chaos because everybody's oh, going to be fighting so. each other? <laughs> now, you, you, you please me more. <laughs> you have become You're super putting villain. me in high villain mode here. But seriously – these things all work themselves out, after all. When people learn to read, okay, when people actually started read, when novels first appeared, mm-hmm. the novel first appeared, go back to literature in the 18th century, people roundly, even into the 19th century, roundly condemning the reading of novels. Mm-hmm. They might get the wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. Their imaginations may go places where they're not supposed to go. It's been this way with every human advance. Yeah, every. Well, that's a good, very good point. So we don't let feel, that deter us. So you feel if everybody could make their wishes come true, then the universe is, is big enough uh, for everybody and everything could still sort of, for the most part, uh, seamlessly work out in the end. Once things work out, yeah. I mean, there will probably be some dislocations along the way. That's inevitable. When the automobile came out, buggy whip makers kind of had a problem until right. uh, until they discovered a market in BDSM clubs. Buggy, buggy whip makers were largely confined to the Amish. I mean, you know, this, this is going to happen. There will be dislocations. There will be things going peculiar, shall we say. Yeah. And, and there's going to be a certain level of social caste, but that comes with the territory. You don't yeah. let yourself be deterred by those things. Well, you know, the clock has got us, and I just want to reiterate how much that I personally appreciate the fantastic work that you have done throughout your life and how much it has meant to me and uh, thousands of other people around the world. And I really do think that, uh, you know, you, you sort of opened a new door. Uh, a new, uh, you, you shined a beacon on a new way of thinking about the world, and uh, that is something very few people can say they have achieved. So, Charles, thank you so much for all of your work over these years, and thank you for being on the program tonight. Well, thank you for your kind words. I Folks, it's... All right, well, there you have it, folks. His website is charlescosimano.com. Last name, C-O-S-I-M-A-N-O, charlescosimano.com. 